Isn't it? It's just amazing to be together, isn't it? Isn't it nice to be together? You were saying it this morning, Sean. You know, it's wonderful to see you. I'm looking forward to the day when we can just come up and no social distancing anymore. But it's great being together, worshiping together. Such a privilege. And I've always been both inspired and challenged um, when you hear stories of Christians across the world. Um, who live in places where they can't meet together openly and sing worship and share their faith and, you know, in an open way that we can. And it's amazing when you hear, you know, the amazing things that God does and the miracles, uh, but also the challenges that people go through. And two books I'd recommend I read back when I was a student, if you would like to find out a little bit more about, you know, what this looks like for many people are these uh, two here. I'd really recommend them. They're, they're brilliant books. But this week I was reading on the Open Doors website, which is a charity that supports Christians across the world, about a, a, a Christian lady in North Korea. And um, North Korea is ranked as the second most dangerous place in the world to be a Christian. And this um, lady is called B, and she, that's not her real name, uh, and she leads a house church there, a secret house church. And um, she'd been leading this church in secret, and then one time she actually got caught by the authorities, and they found that she had a Bible. And so she now lives in a, a village, which is like a forced labor camp. But one time she actually managed to escape into China, found a Christian safe house, where there was, you know, other Christians there, and she could, you know, worship and pray and do things openly. But then, after being there, she decided she could have like gone on to find, you know, refugee somewhere else. But she decided she took some medicine, she took a Bible, and some other resources, and went back into North Korea to continue leading a secret underground house church. Isn't that amazing? And the courage. And recently, just they released it just before Christmas. She managed to get a letter out to like a support, you know, to the, her link person secretly. And um, this isn't all of it, but this is part of it. She says this, Dear friends, we are well and peaceful with Father's grace and your concern. We give thanks to the Father who is doing almighty works. I am so overwhelmed to write you this letter. We receive the greatest love and concern which cannot be returned back. We live firmly in the suffering march as always. But whenever I open my eyes in the morning, I feel the presence of our Father God. He knows our sufferings and he listens to our prayers. We thank our Father who has done such great things to prepare life for us. Brother, I have one request. Please send our gratitude and appreciation to those who sent us these support materials. I bow to them with a thankful heart. Let's stay healthy and fight strongly for a gospelized North Korea. Take care. Be your sister in Christ. Isn't that amazing? You know, and it's, it's good for us to pray and to, to be aware of our brothers and sisters across the world and, and where they are. And I, I found it really impacting when she said this. Whenever I open my eyes in the morning, I feel the presence of our Father. And even in a place where the authorities are doing all that they can to suppress the reality of Jesus and his name and who he is and, you know, all that he has for us and has done in this world, his presence is still there, meeting with people, sustaining people, encouraging people, empowering people, comforting people as they live for him. 
And today we're continuing our series as we've been looking about the presence of God for our lives in his presence. And this is the verse that we've been basing our series on this year so far. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his presence continually. And in the first week, Julian was sharing a little bit about what God's presence does in our lives, how he brings life and light and and brings uh, order out of chaos. And he was using the story from creation uh, to unpack a little bit of that. And then last week, Sarah talked about seeking God's presence. She shared about King David and the Ark of the Covenant and some Old Testament stories and about thanksgiving, how that's a gateway into God's presence, amongst other things. It was a great talk, so listen back. But today... I just want to share with you this, this simple but powerful truth that's really important for all of us to take home with us and to know deep in our hearts that this, God's presence is everywhere and he is close to each one of us and he wants to meet with us personally in our lives. We have this invitation, welcome to walk in God's presence every single day, wherever we are, wherever we find ourselves, that God's presence wants to be with us and through us every single day, every single place. And this is for every single one of us. So we all include ourselves in this. And so I'm going to, for this talk today, we're looking at Psalm 139, which Tim shared in our Kids Spot a moment ago. So I'm going to read it out. It's just verses 1 to 18. I'm not going to unpack all of it because it's quite long, so you can relax when you see how long it is. But as, we, as I read it out, let's just pray and ask the Holy Spirit to speak to us as well. Because as I read it, there may be something in there that God just wants to encourage you with that I'm not going to kind of really touch on as we go through. So let's just pray and then we'll read it together. Father, I thank you that your presence is for each one of us. And I invite you, Holy Spirit, to come again now as we read this together, and I pray would you speak into our hearts with your truth and your love and your life for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so here we go. I'm going to read it off here to make sure I do it the same. So it says this, O Lord, you have examined my heart and know everything about me. You know when I sit down or stand up. You know my thoughts even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything I do. You know what I'm going to say, even before I say it, Lord. You go before me and follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for me to understand. I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, you are there. If I go down to the grave... You are there. If I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the farthest oceans, even there your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. To you the night shines as bright as day, for darkness is as light to you. For you created my innermost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. 
Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How precious are your thoughts about me, O God. They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. And when I awake, I am still with you. And so this is my first point here. God's presence, if you haven't guessed already, (laughs) God's presence is near. God is close. You go before me and follow me. You'll place your hand of blessing on my head. I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. Even there, your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. And when I wake up, I am still with you. God is close. His presence is there to strengthen us, to fill us with the knowledge of his love, to lead us in his way, the way that leads to life and goodness in our lives and through us to others. And all these amazing things are right there for us to wake up into every single day. Now, over the first two weeks when we've been starting this series, Sarah and Julian, they both shared stories about from the Old Testament about the Israelites and the Ark of the Covenant and how you know God uh, made a covenant with them to say you would be my people and I'll be your God and He was with them and maybe this Ark to show His presence was there and you know I was thinking oh I'm week three now and you know they've done the best two Ark stories I was thinking oh no I need to keep up I need to find one of my own so I've been searching this week for the best covenant of the Ark story I could find okay and it's this one Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Last Ark. I don't know if you've, have you seen this one? I don't know. Right, so I have a vivid memory when I was about, it must have been eight years old, because it was when we were in my parents' old house, uh, the first time I ever had a curry. They, they did a special movie night, and they got a curry, and we watched Indiana Jones. <laughs> and I can still remember it now. Now anyway, in these type of films, these Indiana Jones, or these type of films, or there's a new one that's kind of similar, I haven't seen it, but... Jungle Cruise, I don't know if you've seen this, came out around Christmas time, I think, or last year. So these kind of films, and they? They're always, they're adventure films, and they're like on the lookout or trying to find, you know, some artifact or something that leads to eternal life or a eternal youth or, you know, the meaning of life. Or in this Jungle Cruise one, they're trying to find the tree of life. And, you know, there's mountains to cross and rivers to swim through and clues to uncover and booby traps to avoid. And, you know, in Indiana Jones like Nazis who are trying to take it for themselves to destroy, you know, or whatever, you know, it's these kind of crazy adventure films. And there's all this puzzles to solve to try and find the secret to the meaning of life or eternal life. Now, isn't it just a relief for us that it's not like that in reality, that God's presence is available right where we are. And seeking God's presence is not a question of straining or striving to try and attain something that's elusive and out there, but only the elite few or only the most holy or, you know, only these type of people or only if you can solve all the problems, we'll get it. But no, it's for every single one of us. I love this in the Psalm before, Psalm 138. It's as simple as this. On the day I called, you answered me. You emboldened me and strengthened me. It doesn't make for us an exciting film, but it's great for our lives. On the day I called, you answered me. It's as simple as that. God's presence is there for each one of us to rest in, to welcome, to enjoy as we walk in, wherever we are each day, at work, at uni, when we're at school, 
if we're caring for someone in our family, when we're with our friends, wherever we are, wherever we're doing, we can do it all in God's presence. Because God's presence as well isn't just about a feeling. You know, it's great, isn't it, when we're in, you know, meeting together and the band are leading us in worship and we're, you know, inviting God's presence and sometimes we really, we feel God's presence as the Holy Spirit meets with us together and, you know, we feel that, in our, you know, in different ways we can, you know, there's a, a feeling that you might describe. But walking in God's presence, it's not just about a feeling. I remember uh, a few years ago when we were in, over in Penland and we were doing our, one of our barbecues, it was a Father's Day barbecue and in our Penland builders where we run our projects and things and we could do this, these kind of things pre-COVID, hopefully we'll be able to do them again. And, um, you know, it's just where we invite the community and we were, yeah, doing a barbecue and things on this particular day. And there was one, I was chatting to one dad and he had been bringing his son to one of our football clubs and him and his family with their kids had come along to, you know, our Easter experience and Christmas experience. Now they were at the barbecue and they'd really enjoyed coming along. And the dad was asking me about it. He's like, oh, so how does this all work? Because I think he wanted, he was wondering if there were any jobs going because he had really enjoyed hanging out with everyone. He's like, so how does this work then? You know, uh, people working here and stuff. And so then I said, oh no, you know, this is a part of our church. So everyone, you know, here, you know, is a part of the church and, you know, we love doing things like this. And uh, so everyone's, you know, volunteering. And as soon as I said that, he turned, he turned over to his like wife who was sat over there, and he went, oh, love, they're all Christians, yeah. That's why they're so nice. <laughs> but I love that. So, for, you know, for that guy, he'd been coming along, he'd been in the mix. He had no, you know, no idea that it was a church. He'd come to a football club and stuff, do you know what I mean, at that point. But just spending time with you as you were busy, you were serving, you were, you know, making hot dogs serving drinks, doing games, doing crafts. You know, we weren't all praying together in a meeting, but you were busy in activity. But yet, with you and in that, he was experiencing God's presence through you. That was at work through you as we were doing that together in God's presence. And none of us were probably feeling something special, but God's presence was with us and God's presence was working through you. And that's not just for one place, but that can be in every place where we are and where we go. So for us, practically speaking, for many of us to seek God's presence in our lives, rather than straining or attaining or, you know, trying to achieve it in this kind of way, it'll actually just mean stopping, stopping for a moment from all the activity and the other stuff and straining and attaining and striving that we do for all the other things. It will mean stopping from a moment and just taking a few moments to acknowledge the reality of God's presence and that we need him and that he is with us and inviting him to be with us personally and to carry on our day together with him. Now, as we go through this series, we're going to explore different practical ways that we can grow as we, in seeking God's presence and knowing God's presence with us and stepping out in God's presence, all these things. And there'll be different things. And Sarah and Julian said some already, like giving thanks, for example, and living out of gratitude, how that can, brings us into God's presence. And this week, just one simple thing for us, I think we can learn from this verse in, in Psalm 139 and also from the lady in North Korea and her experience where it says this, when I awake, I am still with you. And for us to 
take a sim- have a simple practice that when we wake up in the morning, and obviously, you know, if you wake up in the morning to a crying baby or something, then you might have to, you know, deal with that first. But generally, when we wake up in the morning, to take a moment just to acknowledge, God, your presence is with me. You are here. And with all the things I have to do today, let me do them in your presence. Will you strengthen me and help me? Will you lead me in your ways today? Will you work through my life? May I know you wherever I am. Be with me. I welcome your presence. And try that this week, that we see ourselves waking up into God's presence and starting the day with him. And know that as we walk through the rest of the day, that he is with us. And hopefully that's something quite simple, isn't it? It's quite simple that we can adopt into our practice, but just brings that awareness that God is with us. Now, I think it's quite simple as well, especially when you compare it to how the psalm describes trying to get away from God's presence. It says this, I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, you are there. If I go down to the grave, you are there. If I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the farthest ocean, even there your hand will guide me. It sounds exhausting, this person trying to get away from God's presence. It's so much easier just to say, oh, it's here. Now, there's a famous story that we know that illustrates uh, and links back to this psalm, someone trying to run away from God's presence. Anyone know what it is? Shout it out for me. Jonah, yes, you got it, well done. Very quiet. Jonah, yes. Now Jonah, famous story of Jonah. God speaks to Jonah and sends him to Nineveh to speak to the people there. And do you remember when we did our Daniel series and we saw Daniel was in Babylon and what that was like? Well, before Babylon, Nineveh, it was the capital of Assyria and that was like the big empire that came just before them. And the Assyrians were notoriously brutal uh, here's one of their like wall carvings of one of them uh, taking a sword to a lion. This is how they like to decorate their homes and walls and things. So you kind of get the picture. They were notoriously brutal. And Jonah's given this task, go to Nineveh, speak to them. And this is how Jonah responds. It says this, but Jonah set out to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. So the other direction. He went down to Joppa, and find a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid his fare and went on board to go with them to Tarshish, away from the presence of the Lord. So we see how Jonah tries to run away from the presence of the Lord. And to be fair, he did pick like the furthest possible, if you look at the map there, you know, he he really went for it, didn't he? And Jonah is a bit of a, it's a bit of a comedy, really. All the characters in Jonah act opposite to what you think that they should act. And as you're reading it, you think, come on, Jonah, of course you can't run. Have you not read Psalm 139? I mean, you know, have you not seen Tim's kid's spot? You know, we should know this, right? So we get, we get the picture. And as we know in the story, Jonah tries to run away. A storm hits the boat. Jonah confesses to the sailors that he's running away. The sailors try and save him, but they can't. The storm's out. So in the end, Jonah convinces the sailors to throw him overboard. And as they do, the storm stops. And Jonah gets swallowed up by a fish and spat out on the beach. And in the middle of the book of Jonah, we have this prayer of Jonah that mirrors Psalm 139 and about God's presence being with us. And this is what Jonah, this is what uh, the poem in the middle of Jonah, it says this. In my distress, 
I called to the Lord, and he answered me. From deep in the realm of the dead, I called for help, and you listened to my cry. The engulfing waters threatened me. The deep surrounded me. Seaweed was wrapped around my head. To the roots of the mountains I sank down. The earth beneath barred me in forever. But you, Lord my God, brought my life up from the pit. And so here we have this poem in Jonah describing being rescued from the depths, from the deep waters, from deep in the earth, from the darkness. And Julian, in um, the first week, he shared how this language of the depths and the waters and the deep waters and the darkness darkness were symbols uh, of the absence of God's presence or something threatening or dangerous and darkness as as people or spiritual forces in opposition to God. And so here in this psalm and in Jonah, we see how God's rescue reaches even here. And both of these songs are a picture of what Jesus would come into the world to do. That God himself came into our broken and fractured world as a man to rescue. Because for each and every of us, we were made for relationship with God, to do life with him together. And we see in the story of the Bible how humanity rejected God and sought to do life on their own terms. And that relationship with God was fractured. There was a separation from God. And God is the source of life and goodness and hope and order and all of these wonderful things. And so our world became broken. Our lives became fractured. And so Jesus came into the world to restore, to show us what God is like and the way back to him and how we can live with him now and for eternity. And so Jesus confronted the darkness of this world that these uh, these, uh, psalms and songs describe. Jesus confronted it. He was betrayed. He was falsely accused. He was tortured. He was killed. An innocent man that everyone knew was innocent was killed. And Jesus died, descending into the depths of the grave. God himself, if I go up to heaven, you are there. If I go down to the grave... You are there, God himself in Jesus, dying as a man. But because Jesus lived in perfect unity with our Father, he was never separated from the source of life and goodness and rescue. He's God as a man. He was raised to life again. He defeated death and he won for us life after death, eternal life. And so now for each and every one of us, when we put our trust in Jesus for our lives, when we ask him to forgive us for the things that we have done wrong, for the the darkness in our own hearts and lives that we recognize in us, when we decide to side with his light and his life and not with darkness, Jesus enters our lives with his presence. He makes our spirits alive to God again. He restores our relationship with God for now and for eternity. And this is for everyone. There's no mountain to cross or river to climb, or clues to solve, or booby traps to avoid, it's available to each and every one of us with a simple yes and a welcome. Jesus, I welcome you into my life. And what you have done for this world, would you do that for me? Be with me. Restore my relationship with you. Forgive me for the things I've done wrong. Help me to discover all that you have for me 
and I receive your gift of eternal life that you won for me when you died and came back to life. And when we welcome Jesus into our lives, you can be assured and each and every one of you can be assured that wherever you are and whatever we've done and whatever you are facing, that he will be with you and you can walk in his presence and you are included. So as we go through this series and we learn about all different ways of encountering God's presence and walking God's presence, these are for you. Include yourself. It's not for special people or anything of that nature. It's for you. We are all included. Paul describes it like this. Later on in the Bible, he says this. For God who said, let there be light in the darkness, has made this light shine in our hearts so we could know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. We now have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God, not from ourselves. We are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. And Paul, he lived in a similar situation to that lady from North Korea where he was often persecuted and hunted down and thrown into prison and and was even killed for his faith later on. But for each of us, there are times in our lives where this may fit our description. We are pressed in on every side by troubles or we're perplexed. But this is true for us. We are never abandoned by God. And we might feel like a fragile clay jar from time to time, but the light of life of God's love lives in you. And we walk in that every single day. We are carriers of his presence. So as we finish, why don't I pray? And let's invite the Holy Spirit to come and fill us again with the power of his presence and that we would know he is with us. So if you want to, you could stand with me if you'd like to. And let's pray. And let's just take a few moments so we can have this seat, uh, let this filter down from something we know in our heads to something we know in our heart and in our spirit and in our lives. So let's pray together. And first of all, if there's anyone watching at home or here this morning and you resonate with this description that Paul said where you're like, do you know what, I do feel fragile. You know, I'm like this fragile clay jar and I feel pressed in. Then just share that with God right now because he wants to meet you with his presence to bring you strength in your heart and mind that you would know him with you. You would know his love. And you would know his power in our lives. Not our power, not us feeling strong, but his power strengthening us. So just say, Jesus, come and fill me with your presence now. I welcome you. And Holy Spirit, I pray, would you come right now? I welcome your presence. I pray would you come and fill our hearts right now with your love. 
Would you fill us with your strength? We thank you for your rescue. And if anyone's in a, a moment where they feel like they need their, their own rescue, I pray would you come and meet them right now. And bring your peace to their spirit. Come Holy Spirit. And for each one of us, I pray would you come and fill us now. Equip us and empower us to walk in your presence. Work through us, Lord, to bring your light and life through us to others. So if you want to, just pray now again. Holy Spirit, come and fill me now. Just wait a moment or two. know you with us, Lord. Be with us this week. In Jesus' name, amen.